I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms. Psalm 62. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 62. And I want you to hear David sharing this as we read this scripture together. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. And the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increased, do not set your hearts on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay all according to their work. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own, through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Sometimes we look at someone else's life and we think, wow, they just, they've got it made. They've got it all together. I mean, just look, what a wonderful situation they must be. We look at where people live. We look at the things that they may have. And we just assume, wow, wouldn't it be great to be able to live just like them? And from the outside, life can look amazing, but there's much more to life just than the outside appearances. Sometimes the things that are going on in the inside can be a real struggle, can be difficult, can be a challenge. Things going on that we cannot even imagine. For example, King David in the Old Testament, David the greatest king in all of Israel, David, who was one to have been admired. People would look at King David in Israel going, wow, he must have it made. Wealth, 
riches, all the power that you can imagine, the pomp and the circumstances. I mean, as we've been looking at an inauguration, we see all the pomp and the circumstances that go with leadership and power. Imagine looking at King David. The power, the majesty, a hero. People knew the story because when David was just a little boy, the children of Israel were battling the Philistines and there was a huge giant by the name of Goliath. And David, a shepherd boy, shows up. When the soldiers are terrified with this giant, David takes his sling, takes the rocks and conquers the giant and saves the people of Israel. He's a hero. Wouldn't it be great to be like David and a man after God's own heart? But there was more to life than just what people were seeing. He had some deep struggles on the inside. There were things that were happening in his life and in his world that no one really wanted to be a part of. You know, some of the most challenging folks that I've worked with or people that were struggling the most, going through some of the most difficult situations are the people who appeared to have it all together. But then there would be something deeper going on. David is being tormented. When David writes this psalm, his life is in crisis. He's under attack. He is overwhelmed. I mean, when you read the scripture and you do the background work to it and see what was happening in David's life, people were making up things about him because he was the ruler. He was the king. Other people were envious. They were jealous. They were saying things, harmful things to his face. Oh, they appeared to be so supportive. We love you, king. But behind his back, there was plotting. There was conniving. There was gossiping. They even tried to have him killed. Not only was he dealing then with what people were saying about him and the untruths that were being made up about him and the attacks that were occurring, he was physically in danger. You want to make it worse? One of the ones who was leveling the attacks at David was his own son, his own family member, the beloved son, is the one who's now conspiring to try to get people to revolt against David so he can assume the throne. His own son tries to have him killed. So picture what is going on in David's life as we read this psalm together. He, he has so much that is pressing on to him, people that are pushing on to him. He said that it's, it's like a wall being pushed over, a fence that's being toppled over. It's just constant, not a short-term thing at all. It's constant. He says, how long, how long will this go on in verse 3? It's not that David's having a moment. David was having a season of challenges a season of difficulty, not sure how much more he can take. 
So when we read this psalm, we hear David in silence before God, waiting on the Lord. Then we hear David speaking to himself, testifying to himself, reminding himself of his faith and who his God is. Then we hear David remind others as he comes to understand who God is. He, he has a moment where he's sharing with others, old people. And finally... We see David as he turns to God. Listen again at verse 1. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall or a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Do you feel David's passion? Do you feel his pain? He may have looked like he had it all together and wow, he's got it made do you hear what's happening, though, deep inside? So David says, God alone. I want you to hear this is a Hebrew word that is throughout this psalm. And it's the Hebrew word, ach, A-K would be the way that you would spell it out. But it means only, only or alone, God alone or only God. You see it in verse 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, and 9, where it's again, alone, alone, God only, God only. You sense he is recognizing I have to put my trust in God and nowhere else. The one constant I can count on is God alone. The answer is God alone, only God. My trust is in God alone, only God. My strength will be from God alone, only God. And only God can save. Salvation is from God alone. So David, wrestling, says, my soul waits in silence. Now that's not the, the word that just means total quietness in the sense of no verbal sound. It, it, it actually means a sense of stillness, a sense of calmness. My soul waits on the Lord in silence. It's, it's a sense of inner peace and quiet. It, it's similar how we read in Isaiah where Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run, not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. They wait before God. Or where Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, about the peace that passes all understanding. And he says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here David recognizes I'm waiting for God and God alone to give me that sense of peace for He alone ach, is my rock. Verse 2, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress 
I shall never be shaken. This is a statement of faith that we find throughout the Old Testament. It was, it was one of those ways of sharing again and again who our God is. You hear Moses in the song of Moses after he leads the children of Israel across the Red Sea and you know they, they came up to the sea and, and, and here the water is before them and Pharaoh's armies behind them. They believe they're trapped until God separates the water and the children of Israel are able to go across on the dry land. Remember the story? In Exodus 15 verse 2 Moses is praising God and the song of Moses following that and says, The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. You hear David beginning to testify to himself. He's reminding himself. He's spending this time in quiet before God, which is something all of us can learn when we're going through challenging, difficult times. It's, it's taking some time just to be before God and allow God to speak to us, but then for us to testify to ourselves. Sometimes we testify to others of our faith, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves, remember who your God is. And David testifies to himself. In verse 5, he said, For God alone my soul waits in silence. Once again, repeating the first verses. For my hope is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And then listen to David. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. David, going through such a horrible time in his life, is reminding himself, my trust is in God. My rock is God. My refuge is God. It, it can't be the people around me. It, it, it can't even be my family. It can't be all these other things. It's not even me. My trust is in God. And then David takes this psalm and he now turns it from himself. It's like he has now testified to himself, reaffirmed his faith, and he turns it to you and me, to all the people. And he says in verse 8, trust in him at all times, O people. The conversation has turned from talking to himself to now talking to us. He says, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge, not only for me, but for us, for you, for me, for us. Trust God. I mean, he reminded himself of his faith. And as we go through challenging times in our lives, it's a good reminder for us to look back at the scripture, look at our faith and be reminded, where do we put our trust? For example, in 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 20, some of the tribes of Israel are in battle and you hear these words, they were helped in fighting them and God delivered the Hagrites and all their allies into their hands. Why? Because they cried out to him during battle. He answered their prayers because they trusted him. 
David is hearing, if you're going through that challenging time in your life, that battle like he is in the midst of himself, trust in God. God will come alongside of you because you believe, because you trust, because you lean on him. Paul says in Romans 15 verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Your joy and your peace comes because you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. For in Scripture it says, as Peter is quoting Isaiah 28, verse 16, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trust in him will never be put to shame. David is reminding himself and now he's reminding us to place our faith and put our trust in God and in God alone, not to put your trust anywhere else. In verse 9, he reminds us, don't go putting your trust in other people. He said, those who are of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. And the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. I mean, picture, if you will, the balance scales that you have in biblical times that were used. So this is what David is picturing. And he goes, you know, you can put all the people in one side they're still light. There's nothing to them. There's no substance to putting your trust and faith in others. Our trust and faith is to be in God alone, only God. And he says, don't go putting your trust in material gain either. Verse 10, put no confidence in extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase... Do not set your heart on them. See, isn't it interesting? The one who's saying that has all the riches. He has the power. He has the glamour. He has the castle. He has all these things. And he has people who are clamoring to be around him. And David said... (laughs) Don't put your trust in all that. If that's what you're looking for as one who's been there and has that, you'll still be empty. Light on the scales. For only God, it is only God in whom we can put our trust. And then he concludes in verse 11, now turning his conversation to God. So he was in silence, spoke to himself, testified to himself, testified to us. And now he looks to God and he said, verse 11, Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God. And steadfast love belongs to you, O God. For you repay to all according to their work. This has been a challenging time for many people over the last year, even still today. There's just so many pressures, so many things. And sometimes we may have the appearance that we've got it all together. 
But deep inside we know we may feel that our world is crashing down around us and our world may be crashing down around us. Sometimes it is difficult. David's world was really clashing, crashing down upon him. I mean, his kingdom, people coming after him personally, and even his life was actually in danger. And he cried out to God. And sometimes we feel that our world is crashing in on us too. And sometimes it is. So where do we turn? Where do we turn? And David says, first, my soul waits in silence before God, that sense of peace and calmness that only God can give. Take some time to be still and know that He is God. To pause for just a little while and allow God to speak to you. But then David reminds himself of his faith. This is who I trust in. He's, he's always been with me. He was with me yesterday. He's with me today. He will be with me tomorrow. He was with our ancestors. God has done all these things. Surely God has loved me too much to abandon us. And the good news that we have that David didn't have, we know the rest of the story. We know that God so loved us that he gave his son for us. And as you've heard me share before, it's something that I count on is that the God who loved us enough to die for us loves us far too much to abandon us. So remember your faith. Remember your God. Share your testimony once again with yourself. Remind yourself of why you are the child of God that you are. Remember. Remember who you are. And when David is reminded, he then turns and reminds us. Oh, people, put your faith and trust in God alone. And then he looks up toward God. And now he can worship God. Isn't that amazing? At the beginning, he said, I feel like I am a wall that people on the other side are pushing and battering and it is about to come over on top of me. I can't take it anymore. Or I am a fence that has relentless pressure coming over. It's about to topple. And by the end of the psalm, after he waited on the Lord, after he spent some time reminding himself of his faith, sharing with us his faith, he can look to God and worship again. And he worships and praises his God. Power belongs to you, God. And steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord. If you're going through one of those challenging times in your life and all your neighbors, your friends, even your family may think you've got it all together. Remember Psalm 62. And here are the words of David. Trust in God alone. Wait upon the Lord in silence.
Remind yourself then of your faith and share that faith and your journey with others, your trust and your faith in your amazing God. And then you can worship again. Oh God, steadfast love belongs to you. For you are our rock, you are our salvation, you have never abandoned us. And God, we give you thanks that you loved us enough to die for us and you love us far too much to abandon us now. So we count on you and you alone. Amen.